0: Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. It's such an honor to be here. Can we just give it up for Pastor Randy and his wife? What an amazing leadership. You guys are so blessed. Come on, let's just give it up for them that they're willing to stand and and God's heart, and celebrate Black History Month. I am so honored to be here today. You guys look so good. How are you weathering all this crazy? Well, the snow's gone, praise God. Well, I am from Dallas, Texas, like your pastor said. I'm married to William Lawrence Ford third. And we have two beautiful baby boys. Well, they're not babies. They're eight and six. But to mama, they're always babies. I think I sent a picture, if you guys just want to put that up. Of my family, if we have that, there's Benjamin and Samuel Ford, and we are just so excited for what God is doing. So I'm going to get into my message today because I really believe God has a word for this house. I want to welcome the online family, those watching online that are snuggled up, go ahead and get a cup of coffee, it's going to be good today. But I believe the Lord has a word for this church uh, for such a time as this. There was a lot of warfare getting here, but now that I'm here, it was so worth it. Amen. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into uh, what I believe the Lord is saying. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you. Can we just invite the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this house. We thank you. I could just feel the water level rising in the house. We thank you that... The Lord loves to visit here. The Lord is camped out here. And so, Lord, we thank you that you're already in this place. We thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts. We thank you for the fire that's going to be deposited in this house today. We thank you for the anointing that's resting in this house today. Like I said, I'm so excited to celebrate Black History Month with you coming here from Dallas, Texas. I believe that you know, Hebrews 11, when I think about Black History Month, I think about Hebrews 11. You know, the great chapter of faith, all those who've gone before us, there are people that have paid a price for me to stand and speak to you today. So I honor those who've gone before me. I don't take it lightly. I don't spit in the faces of my forefathers. I thank God for those people, Dr. King, and all those who labored during the civil rights movement, going the Jim Crow era, that I, as an African-American woman, could stand in this house today so I honor you even those over the balcony of heaven cheering me on you know and so I just want to I just want to thank God for that before I get into my uh, message because I believe I have a word something the Lord visited me in the night with a dream about this house and uh but before I get into that I just want to share my testimony because the Lord told me everywhere you go I want you to share your story because in your story lies the glory of God. You see, because not everyone's born again that's going to be watching this. So I want to just tell you guys, is that okay? Just a little bit about my story. I'm going to take just five minutes before I get into my message. I was born during the drug wave that hit New York City. 1978, so I'm 42. I don't know if you guys realize it, but during the late early 70s, this massive drug wave was decimating the inner cities but also the suburbs. We saw crack cocaine. It was like cocaine. In the suburbs and crack in the inner cities. And I was born during a time where drugs were uh, really big in New York City. And unfortunately, my parents fell prey to that drug wave. And when I was born, my parents named me Angela Cornish. That was the name that my mom gave me. And then by the age of three years old, because of what crack did to my family, my uh, we were sent in the foster care system. We were sent down the stream. The reason why I call it a stream is because I believe right now in the foster care system, there are end time Moseses being sent down that stream of uncertainty. They don't know where they're going and they don't know, but God has a divine plan and a mandate for their lives. So I was sent down the stream and uh, I was sent into my first foster home. I was first Angela Rock. I'm Angela Cornish. My first foster home was a family by the name of the Rock family. How many of you guys are familiar with Chris Rock? He's a very famous comedian in Hollywood. So I went from Angela Cornish. I lived with the Rock family. Chris Rock was my brother. So I was Angela Cornish. And then by the age of three, I was Angela Rock, right? And then at the age of seven, I was sent back into the stream of the foster care system. Talk about an identity crisis, right? All by the age three, I didn't just have my name changed once or twice, but three times. So Angela Cornish, Angela Rock, and then at the age of seven, my adopted mom who was about to adopt me comes to me and she says, little girl. I'm going to change your name. And I'm going, oh, not again, not again. She goes, but I'm going to take you to court, and I'm going to legally change your name, and I'm going to name you DeHavilland. Now, at the time, I was growing up in the boogie down Bronx. I'm like, De who, De what, De why? Please don't give me that name, because I'm going to go to school, and the kids are going to really tease me. But she said, I'm going to take you to court, and I'm going to change your name. So we go through the court system. She changes my name. And I remember sitting in the court at the age of seven saying, asking God this question that I believe is the question of this generation. Why was I born? What am I doing on this earth? What's my purpose? Seven years old. And I'm there in this massive identity crisis at the age of seven hit my life. And how many of you know right now there are seven and eight-year-olds dealing with massive identity crisis? They don't know who they are. That's the cry of this generation. Would somebody please tell me who I am? I believe that's why we're seeing what we're seeing in the streets. Everybody's looking for purpose. And so what what do you do when you don't know who you are? You go to a world and you say, would somebody please define me? Would somebody please give me language? So I went to the drug scene, but I was smart enough because I saw what drugs did to my family. So I said, well, I'm not going to, that's not going to work for me. So then I went to the club scene, but I couldn't dance. I was the only black girl in the club that couldn't dance. (laughs) Come on, come on, come on, come on. So that wasn't going to work. So I found myself just completely lost, broken. My adopted home was, God bless them, but there was a lot of abuse there. And so at the age of 17... I mean, I was just lost. I was sleeping on a park bench in New York City. I had totally given myself away. I had no purpose. I was just swimming down that stream. And I remember being there at 17 years old, thinking, what is life all about? I had went to church. I'd heard the sermons, but I was so broken. And as I'm on this park bench, I'm telling you this for a reason. I'm there on this park bench, Pastor Randy. And this woman who was a friend of my family's, she came up to me. She was a praying mama. Come on, praying mamas are dangerous. Come on. And she said, what are you doing on this bench? This is like 1996. What are you doing here? Don't you know God has a purpose for your life? You're coming home with me. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Cause she was a Christian and she was glowing like an angel. And I was drunk out of my mind. And I'm like, I don't want to go home with this crazy lady, but I was, you know, I was attracted to the light, like, like a bee to honey. (laughs) Are people attracted to your light Beaumont church? So she takes me home and I'm like, I don't want to be here, but the love of God was so strong and the presence of God was so strong that it overtook my life come on Shaba, <laughs> and, and, and she's playing Ron Canoli. you guys remember Ron Canoli back in the day how many old saints do we have in here she's playing Ron Canoli and she's singing and oil is all over her walls and at the time I'm like what's up with the oil because every good intercessor needs a, at least some kind of oil on their walls Nowadays, we have, what do we have, coconut oil, organic oil. She was taking Crisco, praying for the kids in the street. Devil, I bind you. I break your power. She's walking around speaking in tongues. And she said, I'm going to take you to revival. What is revival? I'm just a girl on the bench in New York. And she drags me to every church service. Come out, And I'm sitting in the back. I don't want to be here. The love of God was so strong. And at the age of 17 years old, I went to a revival meeting called the Toronto Blessing. You guys know about the Toronto Blessing? And the Holy Spirit was moving so strong in that movement. And I remember the power of God sweeping over me. And I was just attracted to His love and overtaken by His love. And I gave my life to Jesus. You see, revival is what this generation needs they don't need good cute little sermons they need to see the raw fire of the holy ghost and suddenly this little crack baby who didn't know if she was coming or going began to uh, uh, encounter this man this one with burning eyes of fire and I gave my life to the Lord, or he took my life. <laughs> we say we gave our life to the Lord, but I think the Lord takes our life. He took my life, and he asked me this question. He said, to Haviland, who do you think named you? And I'm like, well, God, you're not schizophrenic. Come on. Come on, Jesus. I had my name changed not just once or twice, but three times. What do you mean who named me? He said to Haviland, I want to reveal to you that I am the God who named you. I'm the God who framed you. I'm the God who saved you. And I said, okay, because I know when God asked a question, he already knows the answer. God's not asking it because he's schizophrenic. Sometimes we're schizophrenic and he needs to reveal to us who we are. So he asked me that question later on in life. I ended up going to serve the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. I was serving there on the night watch because when I got saved, I said, what's the most radical thing I could do? Like as if God was gonna be impressed with me. I'm gonna go to Kansas City and I'm gonna pray all night long. That lasted for two weeks. I did, I joined the House of Prayer movement. And as I'm there, I met a pilot I'm gonna bring my testimony to a close. But I was, I was there, and I met a pilot uh, who flies planes, and he said, you know, you said your name was de Havilland, right? He said, can we, can we have coffee? I want to I wanna talk to you about the meaning of your name. He said, sit down here, and I go, do you want to do what? He said, during World War II, during the war, there was these planes that were built called the de Havilland bomber planes. He said, but the Defense Department did not believe in its design. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. So instead of giving metal to make the plane like the other planes, they gave wood to make the planes but these planes became some of the most the fastest planes during world war ii because of the wood it would cause these planes to go high and it would cause these planes to go low and as this pilot is speaking to me the lord said to me didn't i tell you i was going to reveal to you that i'm the god who named you he said to heaven i saved you through the wood of my cross and i've called you and your generation to fly with me, come on, in the heights, because what these planes would do when Hitler would build his nuclear plants, these bomber planes, you can look it up on Google, would go in at night under the radar and drop bombs on these nuclear plants, And God said, I'm the God who named you and I saved you and I framed you and I'm calling you to drop bombs of intercession in your generation. I am the God who named you and I've come to Beaumont to declare there's a generation outside these walls and outside these doors. And suddenly I begin to live with this one question in mind, with this one thing in mind. God, I'll live eternally for you, wholeheartedly for you. I'll burn until you return. So that's my testimony. I didn't come out of the womb speaking in tongues. God had to find me when I wasn't looking for him. That's how I was able to go to a place like Toronto. I was the only African-American person that I saw in the building. (laughs) I mean they had tons of Africans and all that good stuff but I was able to be able to be with people that didn't look like me because the power of the Holy Spirit melted my heart and when the power of the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart there's no room for biases and racism and prejudices and all these other schisms the power of God and suddenly I didn't care who I was worshiping with and what they looked like I remember Heidi Baker giving an altar call and all these Chinese people are running to the altar and I'm running with the Chinese people. i believe god has stripped the church down in america god has stripped us down to, so that we could see our desperate need for him you know i'm like you know of course coronavirus you know what it did social distancing all it did was reveal the social distancing in our hearts because I believe that the real coronavirus is is the sin of racism, is the sin of of all these divisions, and God is saying, oh no, I'm going to have a bride who's one by all means necessary. I'm going to have a bride because i man by the name of Jesus that I would have a bride who's pure and spotless and if I have to shake everything that can be shaken so that I could have a pure and holy and spotless bride so be it come what may God will have a bride because he promised his son he would and God never goes back on his promises and I believe that this church is so critical for this next move of God do you guys want to know the vision that the the encounter I had about this house how many of you want to hear it by a show of hands when they first called me to come I was getting over Rona Rona, I hate Rona Rona oh Jesus I was getting over I even call her Rona Rona, she has a name we don't like Rona (laughs) Coronavirus, and uh, a month, you know, I got over everything, but just, and I'm going, God, you know, I'm, Do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I was laying in bed. I was fall. I was dozing off. The, I asked that question in the morning, but I was dozing off, and I was dozing off, and I had a vision, and suddenly in this vision, I'm sitting with the elders, a council of elders from the Beaumont Church in Texas. I'm going, I don't even know if they have a council of elders, <laughs> but I'm sitting and I'm hearing a conversation and the elders are saying, here's what they're saying in this. Cause I woke up and wrote it down. They're having this conversation of how they could sell everything like in the early church in acts and give everything to the apostle at the apostles feet so that the kingdom of god could come to beaumont and they're even arguing who would give the most and who could sell the most and they're passionate about giving of themselves and it's this 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 radical fellowship of love amongst the elders here so i i woke up i said oh god what are you saying And God says, I'm highlighting the elders because revival is going to break loose on the elders of Beaumont. How many elders do we have in this house? Oh, gosh, the Lord is seeing your faithfulness. So they're having this conversation. And I'm saying, Lord, what conversation is that? And God took me. I'm going to find it here to Acts. I'm not going to read that yet. He took me to Acts 4.32 where... The, the disciples literally, at times they would sell what they possessed and lay it at the apostles' feet. You guys know that verse. And he said, I'm going to make one city church and Acts chapter 4 verse 2 model for the city. I'm going to make this house in Acts 2 verse 4 32 house for the city. And when God looks over this house, he sees the early church in mind. He's actually building on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets here. And that this house would be a distribution center. And that this house would be an early, like an uh, 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 apostolic house that would resource cities and nations. That's what I saw. But God said to Haviland, I can't get them to Acts 4, verse 32, unless I take them to Acts 2 first. Some people want to get to Acts 4, but they don't want to go to Acts 2. And we all know what happens in Acts 2. Acts 2. Acts 2, verse 5 through 13. Come on. Now there was, Acts 5 says, um, verse 5 says, Now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, the Holy Spirit, right? When they heard the sound, the multitude came together in bewilderment. They were bewildered. What is this? Because each was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and marveled saying, were not all of these speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of them in their own language from which they were born? And it goes on to talk about the kinds. It was the uh, the Medes, the Amalites, the Parthians, the residents of Mesopotamia and Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia fanfilia egypt and all the districts of libya around Cyrene and the visitors of rome both jews and proselytes creeds and arabs we hear them in their own language speaking the mighty deeds of god and they all continued in amazement and great perplexity saying to one another what does this mean i'll tell you what it means god is saying stay in the room stay in the room So what happens in Acts 2, we all know Jesus appears, we all know before Acts 2, Jesus appears to 500 of his disciples after his resurrection. But how is it that he appears to 500, but only 120 make it to the upper room? What happened to the 380? Have you ever asked yourself that? What happened to the others? Maybe they didn't want to come because they didn't want to wait 10 days. Maybe, maybe they didn't want to have to deal with the language barrier. But there was a reason they didn't come. So only 120 showed up. And they were waiting in the upper room for 10 days. Now just think about the language barriers that's there. Have you ever tried to talk to someone from a different language And you didn't understand, like when I was in Mozambique with Heidi, I got off the plane. They're speaking uh, Portuguese. And they're speaking Portuguese, and I'm, you know, I'm speaking hood. I'm just joking. I'm kidding. Laugh a little bit. I don't speak hood, okay? But I'm speaking, and they don't understand each other. And I start trying to gesture, Pastor Randy, and uh, bag, take my bag, please, thank you, bless you. So I'm gesturing to them. But how many of you know that certain gestures in certain cultures can mean something totally different? Like if you go to Brazil and you use the OK sign, that's not good. There's something different in America. So after a while, you get tired of hand gesturing when you don't speak the same language. Many scholars believe in the upper room... There actually was nations that had warring factions against each other. There was a lot of tension in that upper room. For 10 days, they were in one place. I don't like being shut in with people for a long, long time. If I'm in the elevator, I start getting uncomfortable after like five minutes. I'm like, okay, get me out of here, Jesus. Come on, how many of you like to be in an elevator long? (laughs) Or a restaurant, hours and hours. But they're in this place for 10 days. I remember when we were quarantined, six months in my house, we'd run out to get groceries. After a while, you start getting sick of each other. Uh, I'm just keeping it real. Can we keep it real in this house? So I'm like, okay, I need to get out of here. Mommy, I want another grilled cheese sandwich. You just had like 10 grilled cheese sandwiches. So after being quarantined, you start getting tired of one another. You start, you go from honey, you look so cute, to oh God, uh making excuses to leave the house. But what happens to these disciples in the upper room is what I believe God wants to do to the church in America. The Bible says that when the Holy Spirit fell, that's when for the first time they were able to understand each other in their own language. When the Holy Spirit fell, as in the words of my good friend, the Holy Spirit helps us understand each other. See, we're trying to read different self-help books and different commentators and different... And those things are good. But the Holy Spirit brings understanding. The Holy Spirit brings oneness. The Holy Spirit guards us into one mind, one heart, one body, one bride. Maybe we've had... My husband says this, left wing, right wing, the whole bird is sick. We need the dove back in America. We don't need the donkey or the lamb. We need the dove back in America. The dove we need back in America. Because the dove is the one that brings understanding. Last year when all the racial strife was coming to a head, the Lord spoke these words to Will and I. He said, stay in the room like the disciples. God begin to convict us and challenge us. Don't leave the table of brotherhood because of offense. Those online, those watching, stay in the room. When you see people posting crazy things on Facebook and Twitter. Stay in the room when you hear people saying things that grieve the heart of God. Stay in the room when you don't understand each other and seek understanding. He said the greatest temptation right now is for the church to be separated and divided. Stay in the room long enough in the middle of the crisis. Because for those who be willing to stay in the room, you will get the breakthrough. You will see the end time move of God. For those who are willing to press through the misunderstandings and the language barriers, you will get the breakthrough and you will see the move of God. Do not leave because of offense. Do you know offense is like a trap, a scandal on a trap that's set to keep us trapped in this place and we can't find our way out. So God is saying, stay in the room. So that a lost and dying world on a park bench can look at the church in Beaumont and say, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to have that kind of fellowship, that kind of love that they have there? Stay in the room long enough. Just like you would in a marriage. A covenant. We're in covenant with God. But guess what? We're in covenant with each other whether we like it or not. And you don't leave the room or leave your marriage because somebody says something wrong. You contend for that marriage. You fight. You do whatever you have to do to understand each other. I just feel that God is drilling down at this house because he's so proud of the sacrifices here. He's saying, I want to bring you into this type of love. Stay in the room. I was in uh, uh, South Korea a few years back. And Will brought the kettle because they said, we want you to bring the kettle. We believe the wall between North and South will come down. And the walls of division will break. And we want the kettle to be a representation in South Korea. So we had the kettle there. And we had North Korean refugees And we have South Koreans, and they were weeping and sobbing, saying, God, those who prayed underneath these kettles, the same freedom you brought would you bring to South in North Korea. And I remember asking the apostle in Egypt who was leading this meeting, because he had Syrians, Jews, Arabs, all these nations at his gathering called the gathering i said apostle his name is david Damien. how do you gather all these nations that should be warring against each other how do you get them to love each other how do you get them to stay in the room and he said to haviland because i don't focus on unity he said i focus on john 17 oneness i don't pray Just for unity alone. I pray that God would make us one. Because anyone can be unified. Muslims are unified. But the difference is the cross. Of Jesus Christ makes us one. We've been focusing on unify, unify, unity. Well how many of you know. There's a false unity movement coming. And it's already here. And we'll unify every way. Outside of Jesus. we'll keep his name off of everything and this false unity movement will try to lead the nation in deception but if the church is not unified in oneness they won't know the difference Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say what I'm saying is we need unity but more than unity we need the oneness of Jesus we need the oneness of Jesus we need to keep We need to keep the cross at the center of our unifying. We need to keep Christ at the center. Because you know what Satan hates? Satan doesn't mind us unifying. But keep Jesus in there and that's when he rages. So the war we're seeing is the war against Christ. So Pastor Damien said to Haviland. What God wants to do in America is he wants to make them one. In John 17, Jesus said, I pray, Father, that they would be one just as you and I are one. It's that kind of oneness that breaks the back of racism. It's that kind of oneness that breaks the back of every schism. The oneness of the Lamb of God. And if we could restore the preaching of the cross back to the church in America, and if we could begin to preach Christ and him crucified. Now, I know some people say, during slavery, and God is going to heal that wound in America because it's very real, and that's why people don't want to go to church anymore. But I believe that Jesus is going to pull this thing off. Does this make sense? Do you guys with me? So, He's going to bring about a oneness. I I, can, is it okay if I share another dream? I had this dream because this was like 2016 and I was like, Lord, what's happening? What's going on? What's happening? I don't, I don't want to be asleep when I need to be awake. Show me. I want to move with you, God. What's going on? And in this dream, I saw a float coming to America, a float coming. It was a parade and everybody wanted to be on the parade. It was a beautiful parade, and I, in the dream, the voice of the Lord said, go against the parade. I said, what do you mean go against the parade? It says unity on it. It looks so beautiful. There's purple garments all over it. And I jump on the float and there's this woman riding it. And when I jump on the float, everybody's praying. I said, can I pray? She says, here. She hands me the mic. And when I say, she says, you can pray. And I say, in the name of and when I went to say Jesus, she turned my mic microphone off and she muted my voice and I couldn't get Jesus out. And I had to yell. And finally, I was able to say Jesus and something broke. And God said to heaven, the greatest deception in these end times and the greatest thing the enemy will try to do is take the name of Jesus out of everything. And he said, but if you will stay focused on me, I will break through the deception. Amen. So I'm saying that to say, guys, God wants this oneness reality in his house. That the the world is going to say, what must I do to be saved to have that kind of love and that kind of fellowship? God is looking for a place called there. God is looking for a place in a people. He's going to do this. He knows we're weak. He knows we're broken. He knows we're not capable. it's through pastors like this that are saying god i'm going." it's because it's on your heart i'm willing to go after it it's people that make room for god and make that are willing to make a place for him and have the difficult conversations that are going to get the breakthrough so praise god for that we're going to stay in the room are we do we want to stay in the room Online house, online family, are we willing to stay in the room? Right in the room. Yeah. Don't leave because you're offended. God told us to haveland. don't leave the church because a church hurt. Everybody's mad now. Every, you ask someone, what are you mad about? I don't know. I'm just mad. Yeah. You, I just, I just, I'm offended. Well, what are you offended about? I don't know why I'm offended. I'm just offended. Yeah. We got to guard our hearts in this hour. I know it's Black History Month, and and we're here to honor and celebrate those who've gone before us. But this is the word I feel for this house. God is saying, I want to drive out the spirit of offense. Because I'm trying to get you to a place that's way bigger than you. I'm trying to bring an end-time harvest that's way bigger than you. Do you know right now the fastest growing movement in the world of revival is happening in the Middle East, in the underground church in Iran? I've been connecting with the leaders in Iran. do you do it how do you do it because they say we're willing to die for one another i said well we're not there yet but god says i'm going to bring you there god's going to do this in this end time harvest of souls because the world desperately needs a church on fire and with all the polarization and all the divisions that we're seeing is su- it's a whole nother level it's a whole nother level it's a whole nother level it's not i don't think we've been this way before but the good news is revival we are on the heels of a move of god and if god had to take someone from a park bench in new york city an unlikely voice to say we're on the heels of another great awakening And it won't be a white revival. It won't be a black revival. It won't be an Asian revival. It will be an all flesh revival. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And my house shall be full, says the Lord. For zeal for his house is consuming him. will be in all flesh revival so God is honoring Beaumont for your sacrifice in your yes God is driving out the resistance God is forging a people you may lose some people in this next move of God the word of the Lord God loves them but God will not wrestle against our will he's giving us an invitation he's giving us an invitation in these last days and he'll bypass the western church to bring this thing about I'm telling you I feel the fear of the Lord today so for the elders here God said, you will be a selfless church. There will be a miracle, unusual anointing on the elders. Acts 4.32 says, all the believers were in one heart and in one mind. No one claimed that any possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and the grace was so powerful at working them that all of them no one had need of anything at times they would sell their houses and they sold their land and they laid it at the apostles feet and it was distributed distributed to anyone who had need one commentary when he was talking about acts 4 he said this unity was so wonderful and it was so evident of God's work God's spirit among them that they regarded people more than things. This unity was, is not just conformity. Everybody was not ju- alike. They had their differences, but there was beauty in their differences. Can I tell you, God, the body of Christ is like 31 flavors of ice cream. There's beauty in our differences. And if we could break through, and stay at the table and learn to get over ourselves, we'll begin to see Jesus. We won't allow categories. categories. The love, The enemy loves to put us in categories and stereotype one another before we ever have a conversation with one another. We've already got someone figured out and pegged when we don't even sit and listen to their story. God is breaking the categories and he's forcing us to the table of brotherhood. I have a dream. The Lord has the dream that we would be one. So he says that their unity. They sold everything. The conversation I had with the elders, I don't know, I think I'm past my time. I'll, I'll wrap it up. I didn't realize that. I'm so sorry. The conversation that I saw with the elders when I was falling asleep, What must I do? How can I sell everything? I want to pray for the elders in this house. Because I believe that your finances and the giving. I saw you guys giving so radically to this next move of God. Can I just ask the elders just to stand really quick if that's okay? I didn't know he was going to pray for the elders this morning. There's a bond between the the leadership here that will not be broken when people are aborting churches and 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 leaving houses this unity will be like solid glue and what you do will affect the rest of the congregation so i just want to pray and then we'll pray for everyone and we'll close out uh elders can you just lift your hands I pray that God would bind you together with cords of love that cannot easily be broken. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God to rest on the elders in this house. I pray that as you begin to strategize of how to see this city uh, 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 reformed, God is going to give you the download. There will be an apostolic anointing on the elders of this house. And you will lead like mothers and fathers, like Elijah to Elisha's. And I hear the Lord saying, because of this, there will be a youth revival in this house. There will be a youth revival in this house. Do not be discouraged about the response of the young people they will be marked by an unusual move of the spirit says god young man up there the spirit of god is going to fall on your life and begin to define you in ways that you never knew young people raise your hand any young under under 20 years old i want to pray for you sitting in your seats if you don't have to raise your hand, but I pray the fire of the Holy Spirit to fall on the youth in this house. I pray the fire of the Holy Spirit to fall on those watching online. Even those who've been affected by coronavirus, those who've been affected by the storm, if they could see through it all, I pray that a spirit of birth would touch you in your room i see miracles breaking out online i believe god is saying he's going to bring restoration where there has been loss and we will just press in to this Acts to reality we will see an Acts for outpouring in this we will see an Acts two and an outpour out outpouring of the holy spirit So I'm out of time. I I mean, I didn't realize that. But I just blessed this house. I blessed the deposit of revival. I blessed the celebration of Black History Month. I blessed the celebration of all the things that they're going to put their hands to. But more than that, Holy Spirit, we want you more. We want you more. We want to see revival in America. We want to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You five cities. This is for you, Pastor Randy. I don't know what this means, but I hear it won't just be one city, there'll be cities. Cities, you'll impact cities and nations and the seeds that have went into the ground 30 i don't know how many years ago are going to sprout you will see it in your lifetime you will see it through your grandchildren you will see what he promised you he you will see the move of god god says i'm giving you i in 2021 to see what i'm doing and i see leaders that are atheists non believers That hate God being touched by your father heart, being touched by your stewardship. And I believe that that anointing, like that resting on Paul the apostle, is going to rest on you in this next wave. God says, don't say it's 2021. He's saying it's a next wave. And so I bless you and, and your wife. I feel like she's she's pregnant with books, she's she's pregnant with with, with with mentorship, she's pregnant with all these things in her womb. And I believe that Beaumont will give birth to this baby. So, Father, we thank you for the wind, for the rain, for the fire. As we leave today, put a groan in us that there's got to be more. Shake us out of lethargy. Shake me out of apathy, God. Shake me out of complacency, God. Put that cry of Finny and Seymour. When he would put his face in a box crate and he would cry out for more. you know we're tired but in your weakness you said you'd make us strong in our weakness anybody in who's felt weak you felt like giving up wave at me you just have been so exhausted you had no energy I want to pray for you if you just wave at me I want to pray another wave would hit your life I want to pray the strength of the Lord would come upon you a new seasons of dreams and encounters I want to pray a fresh wind would come upon your heels for the women in this house God says prophesy revival to the women I prophesy all the women raise your hand right now we're seeing a woman's movement sweep across America we pray for revival in your bones that God is looking for where are my Catherine Coleman's where are my Amy Simple McPherson's where are my Deborah says the spirit of God come on ladies old ladies young ladies lift your hands to the Lord I know it's Black History Month, but I believe God is going to highlight women, revivalists, ladies, begin to ask the Lord to mark you, to begin on this day that you would get a greater vision for your grandchildren. Men, if you're around your wife, lay hands on them. Ask the spirit of revival to begin to break out on your women, women in the balconies. Just begin to lift your hands to the Lord. God, we pray for a fresh anointing. Come on, come on, just a few more seconds. I want to honor time. Trust me, I'm tired, I don't feel, but I want to pray something would burn on the inside of you that you can't stay silent. You can't stay in a bored Christianity, that there would be something in you that would burn. Father, we pray right now This woman right here, the Spirit of God is going to rest on you in a new way. I see just a a breakthrough coming for you. I don't know what's been going on, but I see a breakthrough coming for your family. I see a breakthrough. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we say breakthrough in our life. Breakthrough in our life, God. I see mantles of revival dropping in this house. There's something under the ground. There's like a well that's been uncapped. I can feel it. I just want to prophetically prophesy to this ground. God says, I'm going to strike the ground. 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 I'm going to cause this geyser, this geyser that's underneath the ground to arise in Boma. There's something under the ground. I don't know if you guys have been feeling that or they've been prophesying it. Is this right? There's a well of revival and I don't know who that was in the scripture when they begin to strike the ground. I feel like this day is another strike. When you celebrate the Asians, that's another strike. There's going to be several strikes and I'm telling you, the water will burst through. Come on, lift your hands. Strike the ground. Strike the ground. Strike the ground. show up there's something under the ground there's something under the ground church oh jesus and i feel like these celebrations this heating on racism is a part of striking the ground god says to tell you and i'm done don't stop striking i don't care who you offend striking until it's burned away with the fire of God don't stop striking Charmaine don't stop striking one city movement don't stop striking says the Lord for I called you to be like a Moses in these end times you're gonna be a harriet to this generation don't To strike the ground in 2021. We've been through hell this year, but don't you think... Dutch sheets I see Dutch, I feel like there's going to be a greater covenant with different leaders coming, I see Lou, I I don't know what this means but I feel like the Lord is saying the giants are coming because they're going to help push this baby out God is just going to push it and I feel like the ecclesia the governing authority this ecclesia a legislation happening here when you decree a thing with the elders in prayer God is I feel like you 're going to write some kind of a manifesto or or some something to like a declaration that 's going to go out in the airways and when the news media comes, they won 't be able to find anything on you they won 't be able to pervert because it 's holy, and I feel like some of them are going to influence of the love of God the last thing I know I keep saying the last thing I'm a black preacher so we get to do that I see the distribution of food and funds but it's not just gonna feed the city it's it's gonna feed cities it's gonna multiply God is going to multiply the finances. God is going to multiply the food. God is going to, and the news will come and say, what is happening at this church? How are you so generous in the crisis? How are you so generous to those who mock you? Because of the love and the unity that's here. So God, we just bless this house with all that is within me. I bless Beaumont. God, let there be such a rich deposit that 2021, though we went through suffering, great glory, great, great glory would be in this place, God. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.